I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Boban, writing about it. You did that. It's out there right now. Go read it. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh man, I didn't know you were gonna lead with that. <laughs> yes, man. If I could, if I could just be a beat writer for Boban, just to cover Boban all the time, twenty four seven. All year round, I would do it. He just, Boban's the best. And yeah, I, I wanted to write about him. And what's wild is I wrote about him and I barely even talked to him about the story. Like I've talked to him about different things because I went into the story wanting to get the team and organization, their like perspective of him being a teammate, his impact on the team. And then it kind of transformed of, Boban is the most fun guy in the world, and that was the angle I was taking. But every person I talked to in the organization and teammates, it slowly transformed into, hey, man, like he's super fun, but, man, he works his butt off. And I kind of had the shift as I was writing it to, it's not just fun with Boban. It's his work ethic and what he puts in off the court that I think that's what's having more of an impact on these young guys more than the fun atmosphere that he provides. So he's just, man, he's he's the best, and I love writing that story. There's something about somebody that has a personality that stands out that, you know, obviously Boban stands out. He's seven foot four, but that you obviously, when you walk into a room, there are just certain people, certain personalities that, you, that just automatically – your eye is drawn to and you're like, Oh, interesting. There is a person (laughs) like that person stood out more than, you know, a wallflower type person or an introvert person that stands in the back. But there's, then there's something else about getting to know a person like that. My wife is like this. My wife is, is, you know, outgoing when she's in a a crowded, uh, you know, crowded, crowded room. She gets excited really easily about things and she's, she can be loud. But then once you meet her and this is the same with Boban, my wife is like Boban. This is my analogy of the pond. (laughs) Once you meet them and they actually have some depth to them and they actually have, you know, the credentials almost to back themselves up, you know, where Boban has the work ethic to back up all the goofiness, all the funness. Like he's, he's not just there because he's a sideshow, right? He's actual NBA player and he could go out there and he can get you 10 and 10 if you needed him to. And that they see that work that's backed up and he doesn't just rely on his height. Right, that he's out there actually working, and Carlisle in the in your piece, Carlisle said that he's played the most, you know, pickup with the interns. Like that was that was wild to me. That there's something about a person like that that just blows people away because adding that, it just it, man, it you become a different level of, of person almost to, to people if you have those dimensions to you. And so, shout out to Bobon for being awesome. How about that? Yeah, and, and the dude just hardly, you know, you never know what role he's going to play. You know, he'll, he'll set out a few games or, you know, I put it in there. Like, he, he had went three or four weeks without even playing over ten minutes in a game. He'd set out, like, five or six games in that stretch, and then he comes in and has this massive game, and it's because he puts in all this work. He, like Carlos said, he set the record for how many games he has with interns <laughs> and stuff. And But, uh, yeah, talked a lot about hard work, but also hit a lot of the fun side, too. And, yeah. 
hearing some of the uh, the young guys like Maxi and Brunson and everybody talk about him and share stories and Brunson telling a story uh, which they had to edit out because uh, Brunson <laughs> had a different word for stuff and uh, actually put the real word in there so uh, I was oh, rolling with it got and, chopped uh, at the editing room it, floor it did it got chopped but uh about Boban dunking in the preseason or in practice yeah. uh, that Brunson described how Boban dunks and then he jumped and he, it was just the <laughs> craziest thing and um yeah it's so just good. it I will I'll, I'll leave it this then we'll move on not everybody and I put this in a piece not every NBA player loves talking to the media and news newsbreaker right here okay <laughs> yeah a lot of them don't like it and but the moment that I walked up to a ton of different people some people didn't even make the story on it but of walking up and saying, hey, you got a few questions? Some of them like, yeah, sure, okay, cool. Like, yeah, cool. It's about Boban. I mean, a lot heads <laughs> turn, they make eye contact with you, they start smiling. Yeah, Bobby, all right, let's talk. And it, it just showed, that right there shows you how much people respect him and love him as a teammate. So, um, kind of like Dirk in a way of you hear all these things about a guy and it, it's the opposite of like never meet your hero and all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. It confirmed everything you know and believe about Boban and just working on the story. So Boban's awesome. Yeah, we've mentioned this a bunch of times before, even when they signed Boban, that he has replaced the goofy, hardworking big man on the on the Mavs roster. And, and Vet, too. I mean, he's the third oldest guy on the team right now. Yeah. And so he kind of replaced that aspect of Dirk. No, you, no one player is going to replace all of Dirk, but between him and Porzingis and Berea, I think they've replaced three facets of Dirk, which is yeah. pretty incredible yeah. for this team. So, all right, on this podcast, we are going to break down some potential trades the Mavericks could make. We have um, a trade package, I think, that is, is feasible to get something back. Uh, I was on Locked on NBA the other day with Josh Lloyd, and he asked me if the Mavericks can get in on the Andre Drummond thing, if they can get in on Steven Adams. And I said, I don't know if they can get into somebody that big, but there's maybe a smaller piece that they could do. There's there's a smaller move they can make. And honestly, this team doesn't need to make a huge swing right now or a big sweeping, you know, try and send all the guys away. They, they need to shore up some things in their rotation and see where they can go from here. So uh, that's what we're going to do on the podcast today. Isaac, but before we do... Man, I want to give a shout out to um, a listener, uh, a loyal listener. Apparently, uh, his name is Logan Onyx. And what up, Logan? What up? And uh, he's been tagging us in. He's he's starting his own Mavs podcast, and uh, you know he just said that we inspired him to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, you know that, that's amazing because you know. How long ago did we start this podcast? We were in the same spot, you know, barely had any yeah. listeners, you know, just starting our own thing. And uh, and then all of a sudden we were, you know, joining Locked On, and then here we are. Um, and his tweet, I think his tweet really touched me after he responded, and I just wanted to share it with everybody because um, I hope that, that we can be this for other people, and if other people are, are dealing with situations like this, that I hope that they can reach out. Uh I said it's amazing that you you know, that you said that we inspired you. I was in your place just a little while ago. Blah blah blah. How fun all that. He said, Nick, you inspired a 15 year old kid in his freshman year of high school who was in a bad place last year. Nick and Isaac, on those bad days, I would listen to Lockdown Mavs on my long walks home last year when I was going through my depression. Lockdown Mavs kept me happy. And then he continues on and you know talks about how he helped him through depression and tough times. And we've been very open on this podcast. You know. Obviously, Isaac and I, you know, we're both religious. We're both confessed to be Christians, and uh, Isaac, you know, works in a church and all this. But honestly, if any, you know, that's 
what keeps us going and that's what keeps us upright you know in some of these times that are tough and honestly if anybody out there is feeling like logan did please reach out to us we we will talk to you we will dm you we will you know talk to whoever because uh our life is meant to be more than just talking about the maps we love talking about the maps we'll have fun the rest of this pod will be spent talking about trades and things that we can do but i just wanted to stop because uh I'm glad that that we could help Logan, and I want to help anybody else that's out there that is dealing with a tough time. So if you need a friend, if you need somebody to talk to, uh, maybe it just starts with Mav stuff. And there's people that DM us, and I try to respond to as many as I can. You know, that respond, that talk to us about just Mav stuff. And if it goes into conversation about life or what you're dealing with, uh, I've dealt with depression myself too. When I had to move to Florida, that was a really big thing in my life. And I really struggle with it. And honestly, what got me through was my dog. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. My wife and my dog were the biggest things for me. And so if this podcast and if the two of us can help anybody out there, we would be more than happy. We'll go head over heels, you know, or we'll go head to toe with anybody that uh, <laughs> needs help. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, man, I I echo everything Nick said. And, you know, with this podcast, it's super fun to talk basketball and the Mavs and everything, but uh, if in anything that we do and for, for me, it's like my, if I can't impact lives for the better and whatever, whatever I'm doing, then it's time for me to stop doing it. And so through this podcast, however way we can help you, we're all down. I don't have a, uh, a bank account that can, uh, solve a, <laughs> you know, a lot of people's problems, yeah, but, your own uh, problems there, <laughs> but, uh, I'll read any DM and I can, uh, I'll listen all the time. And so, uh, you need somebody to talk to reach out our DMS, both of our DMS are open. This is why I leave my DMS open. Yeah. Anybody wants to reach out, reach out anytime. Absolutely. All right, coming up, let's get into some Mavs trade, some real Mavs talk. There's a move that can be made guys. So let's try and figure out what it could be coming up after this. All right, Isaac, let's get into it. Ooh, but before we do, Christoph Porzingis has officially been listed as questionable on the injury report. Not sure if he's going to play tonight in Golden State. Um, you guys probably know more about that than us at this point. We're recording around around midnight on uh, on you know Monday night going into Tuesday, and so. But he's been upgraded. That's a that's a huge thing because he's just been out, 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 and he's missed seven games now with just knee soreness. We haven't really heard anything else, but now he's been officially upgraded. It sounds you know positive. Saad Yusuf had a report that you know he was that Porzingis was was playing. He got through most of practice, and he was just dealing with an with an illness. And so something is, I mean, he's dealing with, Chris Porzingis is dealing with some stuff right now, you know, the knee stuff, and then maybe he got Montezuma's revenge. Like, I don't know, I don't know what he's dealing with over there, but it's keeping him out of some games here. Yeah, the other night uh, at the game, I guess it was the Philly game, I had heard that Tuesday was kind of a target there. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of cautionary stuff that's been going on over the past week or so with the knee stuff. And, uh, um yeah, we'll see Tuesday. You know, I think what it's a back to back. You know, Tuesday and Wednesday. I wouldn't expect him to play in both of those games, yeah. but uh, I think uh, I think there's a, a decent possibility we're going to get him in one of those, and it could be Tuesday night. Yeah, at Warriors tonight, and then at Kings on Wednesday, unless it's a blowout special where he plays 19 minutes in the first one and 15 in the second one. Yeah. Who knows? But I uh, wanted to mention that. Uh, also, I tweeted this today, but the Mavericks have 43 games left. In the regular season, which is crazy. We're almost halfway through the season. 17 of those are against teams that are above 500. And 26 of those games are against teams that are below 500 right now. That's pretty positive, right? It's positive. I don't really read a lot into that. 
for being honest. Okay. Fair. I, I just well, wanted it, to point it out. It goes into the cal- calendar stuff of, you know, one of those teams that were – some of those teams were like, oh, they're above 500, and then, you know, four weeks from now they're tanking because somebody got hurt. Then it just doesn't really matter at that point. So Things can always change, but that's the outlook yes. right now. So the Mavericks have, uh, you know, I think – what those numbers and I had a whole thread about the Mavs have this easy stretch right around the All Star easier stretch uh, right around the All Star break and basically the Mavs playoff hopes are in their hands right now because they have enough enough of a lead over the you know ninth or eighth seed that if they take care of business if they're able to to beat you know the majority or most of these under five hundred teams they're going to the playoffs which is you know crazy but it's in their hands right now and I think that their their destiny lies you know. With where they can throw it, I don't know. <laughs> How do I finish you, that phrase? <laughs> but you get a team like Memphis to where, you yeah, know, a month ago you could be looking at the end of the season, and if they play Memphis twice in the final like three weeks, you're like, oh, there's two two wins right there. Memphis, now look at them. I mean, they're one of the hottest teams in the league. If they keep it up, and then they're a potential playoff team, well, then those are not wins. So you never know. Yeah, and the Mavs have dropped games, obviously, two games to the Knicks. So. <laughs> It's not like nothing is what? nothing Did is they? nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is given, but I feel like the Mavs hold their own playoff hopes in their own hands. All right, let's get into this trade package. So I think that the Mavericks trade package right now, and we'll spend the rest of the pod talking about this, is Courtney Lee's expiring contract. He, he makes twelve point seven million dollars this year. He's an unrestricted free agent after this season. Justin Jackson, he makes about three point two million this year, five million next year. Then he's a restricted free agent the year after that. That's a rookie scale contract. You know, it's a forty percent shooting, you know, three point shooting wing that you know can be uh, desirable for a team. They have uh, Jalen Brunson if you want to throw him in there, and then they have a bunch of second round picks that they can trade. They have Golden State Warriors second round pick this upcoming year in twenty twenty. That one's going to be essentially a first round pick if everything stays the way that it is right now. Then they have. Uh, their second round pick in 2021, 2022, and 2024 that they can trade. So yeah. they can throw those on as attachments if they need to sweeten something, or you know, those are the things that are available. And that's the package that I'm kind of talking about right now. Yeah, and I, I want to point out a few things. Just remember how valuable that that Golden State second round pick is, mainly because when you look around at the end of the first round, when you get into the late 20s, or let's just say 20s, yeah. for the most part, the 20s in the first round, you know, let's just say 20 through 35, somewhere there. A lot of times, those players, it's just kind of, you know, whatever team likes what player. It's not a, uh, you know, it's just personal big boards at that point. And the money, the guarantee, amount of guaranteed money for a second round pick is different than a first round pick. Yeah. So, you know, if you have the 31st pick compared to the 25th pick, and it's around the same type of player, but there's guaranteed money on the 25th pick, but not as much on the 31st pick, that 31st pick becomes really valuable, and that's where Dallas sets with that. And, yeah, it's like you said, we, you know, when you look at different types of deals that Dallas could make, there's obviously a ton of other trade packages that Dallas could, you know, make for any type of player out there. But if we're going to stick to the pathway of, hey, they're not going to make a huge splash. They're not going to go all in for somebody like Kevin Love or something like that. What's a reasonable type of deal with some pieces on the team that could get you something, but it wouldn't break the bank either? Uh, That's where the whole Courtney Lee expiring, Justin Jackson, the young flyer type still on a rookie contract, the second round pick. What could that right there go get you to add to this team? And one big, one small piece I want to throw out there of, when people throw out their bigger deals, it's been kind of crazy to look at the shift from 
a lot of times, you know, I would say like two months ago or at the beginning of the season, it was, all right, what could Tim Hardaway in pieces get you in a trade package? Yeah. Now it's kind of shifted to Dwight Powell in those deals instead of Tim Hardaway in those deals. And it's been kind of like, for instance, like Andre Drummond. I, I feel like a lot of people, if you're in the on bring Andre Drummond to camp, like, or in that camp of bringing him to Dallas, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would say, Oh, I, yeah, let's keep Tim Hardaway. Let's do it. Powell, Lee, Jackson, second rounder, and get Drummond instead of throwing Hardaway in there. And it's kind of shifted, I feel like, since you know the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, if you're getting Andre Drummond, then you're upgrading Powell. And so then it kind of makes him not as valuable. You need Tim Hardaway Jr. You need that shooting. If you get rid of Tim Hardaway Jr., replace him with Andre Drummond, then all of a sudden you have Powell and Drummond, and those are two non-shooters that yeah. you know really clog up the lane. So, so, so sorry, Trent. Don't. It's okay. <laughs> We're not talking about Powell stuff today. We're just focused on the league contract, Justin Jackson, second-round pick. What across the league could you realistically – you know, work with like that. I love how we have one fan listener that always tweets us about Dwight Powell. Like he, like he's like he's he related. Just personifies, to him. He just personifies the a Dwight, Dwight Powell hive. There's yes. a there's a Dwight Powell stan account, and Trent is That's more Trent. of a fan. No, Trent is more of a fan than this guy. So whoever you know or, Trent, or girl, Trent might run that account. He might in his spare time. All right, let's go through some of these players. So a lot of these names aren't going to be the sexiest players. They're not going to be the most. You know, intriguing. They're not going to blow you off the page. They're not the Drummonds. They're not the, you know, Chris Paul even. They're not, you know, Bradley Beal. But this is a guy that could come in, shore up your rotation potentially. And a lot of these players, Isaac and I wouldn't necessarily do, but these are the types of players that you can get for this package we just mentioned. Uh, Charlotte has three big men right now, and they're all very, very different sizes. <laughs> um, Bismack Biombo, $17 million for one year. He's an expiring. I don't think it would even take Justin Jackson to get him, right? Like I think you could just maybe do the Courtney Lee thing uh, and then maybe throw a future second in there to, to get Bismack Biombo. That's a guy that can block a bunch of shots. Um, Marvin Williams, $15 million a year for one year. He's an expiring. That's a more like a stretch four kind of guy if you wanted to go the route of you know, bringing him off the bench, shore up your, your, your big man in the second unit. Uh, then Cody Zeller, fourteen point four million for two years. Both those years are guaranteed. That's a you know bigger guy, kind of athletic, sneaky athletic, um, and that could be your bigger body to guard some of these bigger guys. He's not the best rim protector, not the best guy at guarding some of these players, but he's not going to want the role that Andre Drummond would want. He's going to come in and, and you know do the dirty work. He's going to come in and play the role that the Mavericks want him to play or the Mavericks need somebody like that to play. So of those three guys, which one intrigues you the most? Gosh, this is hard um, because, yeah, it's it's what you said. They're all three different types of players. And, you know, the Biombo type of thing, you know, there's a there's guys across the league that's like Biombo, Evan Turner, these expiring vets that are on, you know, 16, the 2016 eight, deals. Yes, and it, they're on these expiring deals. They make somewhere around sixteen to eighteen million, and you know what? What are you willing to pay? Is is Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, in that second round pick? Is that too much to pay for a guy like a Biombo, Evan yes. Turner, Alan Crabb, Baysmore? You know these type of guys on those one year rental deals. That's just going to help you for the rest of this year. Is that too much to pay? That's what we're going to see that decision over the next you know little bit. I would have to probably lean. It's hard. I, I'd lean Cody Zeller in this a little bit, but I think as a I, player, 
Yeah, if I had to pick one of these three, and because once again, I don't care about heading into next season two if that if it takes up some of that money because it's kind of like this two year window. But then then again, I feel like a lot of what Cody Zeller brings, Maxi brings. So uh, it's kind of but he doesn't you know, shoot. Do I, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Cody, I mean, Cody Zeller's making twenty. He's shooting twenty seven percent from three. You know, the Marvin Williams appeal, he's 33, but he's also shooting 39% from three this year. So I guess, sure, let's just go with Marvin Williams. Yeah, that's the one-year guy. That's the guy I think I would lean towards. He doesn't help your defending big man thing, but he adds another credible shooter. You could still play five out. It's another big body that you can throw at some some of these guys. Uh, And that's honestly some of the problem is the Mavericks are playing these one big man lineups. And they come across guys that they can't double. If they double, they're sending somebody off a shooter, and you know that's kind of tough. So if they can have two guys like that. Maybe that that would help a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think Marvin Williams, maybe, and then Cody Zeller are the two guys I'd be interested in from Charlotte. Uh, all right, moving on in the East. I did, I did all the East ones first, and these are all the big men. Okay. Cleveland Tristan Thompson. He makes eighteen point five million dollars, one year deal. Uh, you know, unrestricted free agent after this year. This is a guy that people have talked about a lot. He's sort of in the JJ Barea role for the for the Cavs in that he's the guy that was on the championship team that is still there, right? And he was he's drafted there. He was been there for a long time at this point. And so I don't know what you know if they're shopping him. And I don't know about the Charlotte guys either. But uh, Tristan Thompson might mean more nostalgically to Cleveland than he would somewhere else because Tristan Thompson seems to always be in you know, trade talks, him and Kevin Love. But what do you think about Tristan Thompson? Yeah, I would do that right now. I'm I'm down with if you can if you could go get Tristan Thompson, that's the type of move to where it doesn't cripple you going into the future. He's averaging ten rebounds a game, basically thirteen and ten for Cleveland right now. He's twenty eight years old. He's the he's the type of big body that plug him into this if you're committed like once again, if you're committed to Porzingis playing the four, and you want a big body that can and rebound, are. and all in which they are, um, I would yes, I would be about getting Tristan Thompson, kind of similar to Andre Iguodala type. I would be down uh, of getting Tristan Thompson. Yes, and he wouldn't want the role that Drummond would want, right? Drummond comes in, exactly. and he's going to want post ups. Tristan Thompson isn't going to ask for post ups. Um, Tristan Thompson can be a, can be a role guy. Definitely is going to get you boards. Does he come in and want to start or need to start though? That's my question with Tristan Thompson. Um, I don't care. He should start. I mean, I, I don't. I think I think if you trade for him, I think he starts and just straight up yeah. like that. So you, so, so we would both do Tristan Thompson more than an Andre Drummond deal. He makes ten million dollars less, which is huge. But um, yes. Yes, there's the yeah, yeah. There's so many factors. It's, it's not that he's a better player. It's just that the, the role that yeah. he would come in and, and need to fill is a role that Tristan Thompson would would do. Yeah, and the the deal would look different for Drummond. You know, if you're trading for Drummond, you have to give the up more. Likely, yes, the likelihood that you would um, probably want or try to resign him would be higher. You know, resigning Tristan Thompson, I think, would be way more reasonable than what Drummond's going to see. And you wouldn't even have and, to, right? You probably don't even have to give up a ton to get him. Yeah, exactly. So the thing with Tristan is, I, I think people are going to come calling for him by the deadline. I mean, I, I think Clippers could Clippers, go after yeah, him. Uh, I think you know, obviously, if you know teams like Boston and them are just begging for him to get bought out. You know, he would be huge for Boston. So the teams are going to want him really bad. Yeah. He's not shooting the best 
off of the role this year, but the, in past years, he's been a good role man. I was look, just looking up his numbers. So, uh, and he's been kind of elite. He was elite when he had LeBron. And so if he had Luca, he could turn into an elite role guy too, which would check that off. That off. It would be another guy that couldn't shoot. And so if you keep Dwight Powell in that deal, then you have two guys like that. But uh, Maxi and Dwight coming off the bench is that's the ideal scenario, I think, for those two guys to be the bench bigs. Like that is, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. that could be a championship big man rotation. Yeah, and they play really well together, and we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. All right, the Knicks have two guys. Uh, Julius Randle I'm not going to talk about. I just don't think that the, the Knicks would give him up for a package like that. Bobby Portis, $15 million for two years. The second year is a team option, which makes that kind of interesting. Then And then Taj Gibson, he makes $9 million over the next two years. The second year is non-guaranteed, so essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to keep him on the second year. Taj Gibson, veteran guy, could come in. You know, he could be that big body to bang with some of those, those bigger guys if you need to throw somebody that's a little quicker than Boban onto some of these big men that are wreaking havoc. Taj Gibson can be that guy if you need him to be. Rebounder. A little yeah, bit of a kinda, shot. I'm, I'm kind of out on that a little bit. That's fine. Nine, $9 million, you might only have to send Courtney Lee back to, to the Knicks and, you know, future second or something. But Courtney's like, don't send me back. No, no, don't send me back. Guys, I just got to... <laughs> Um, I mean, the Knicks, if we're focusing on the Knicks, Marcus Morris is the guy I would love to. I would love to try to get. Yeah, We've see, talked I'm, about I'm him before. I, I would love to add him to this team as a wing guy. Um, would Would New York consider uh, Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, and that Golden State first rounder for Marcus Morris and Frank Nelikina? Marcus Morris with the big long con of the NBA free agency. <laughs> He's playing with trying to get re-signed again. Um. I know you're out on it because he's a ball stopper to you. Big ball. He loves his. He just loves that role in, with the Knicks. He loves being the guy to take the last shot. He loves being that. And I just, I don't know if he wants to go back to that role. If he can, if he does want to go back to that role, and that's kind of the thing with Drummond too. If he does go back to the role, then he can be a good fit. But and and something to remember real quick: Jordan Clarkson makes 13 million a year on expiring contract. The Jazz just paid. Dante Exum and two second rounders for the expiring of Jordan yeah. Clarkson. So when you're thinking about even some of these like Evan Turner, Baysmore, Tristan Thompson, these bigger expiring contracts in the teens, that's the price the Jazz paid. And you know it could change before the deadline, but it it's not always just for free. It's not always yeah. hey the Mavericks got a trade exception. We're just going to take a guy <laughs> into this and it, it's going to work. No, no. Not always. Not always. Can I, can I throw one at you? I still got a bunch of big men. Can we just get through all the big oh, men? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Throw them at me. Uh, Miami has a guy the Mavericks were going after <laughs> this summer. I was literally what I was going to say. I was like, what about Kelly Olenek and Derek Jones Jr.? What about that package? Go back to that package. Kelly Olenek makes $12.6 million, uh, over the next two years. Second year is a player option. Uh, $12.6 $12. each year. Um, yeah, that, that's an option. It's another shooting guy. He's, he's bigger and... and Defendier than, than people would think, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what if the deal was Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, and that Golden State second rounder for Kelly Linick and Derek Jones Jr.? And you say, why would Miami do it? Yeah. Well, one, they would swap out Linick and Courtney Lee, so then they, you know, won't have uh, Kelly Linick's um, money on the book for next year's thirteen point one million. Yeah. And then they get that Golden State second rounder which is huge for them when they're trying to clear up cap space over the next couple of years. So I know Derek Jones Jr. has been playing you know, pretty well for them, but if we're, I, I, I laughed about it in, in the offseason 
But honestly, if that was on the table right now, I would be really intrigued about that because I actually really like Derek Jones Jr. this year. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. I, I think would be out. I think he's played too well. He's he's pretty much in their rotation at this point. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Lank, Lank would I, be a little redundant with Maxi, but anyway. Yeah, but if you want another guy on the team, you'd want a guy like Maxi, right? Another big guy, another big body that can shoot from the outside. I mean, that, those are rare finds, and the Mavericks would have three of those. So, yeah. Uh, NBA champion, Washington Wizard, Jan Mahimni, $15.4 million, one year, expiring. No, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, Gorgie Jang, $16.2 million for two years. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because I, I did write this down. I have we have gotten tweets about the whole Robert Covington thing and saying if the price to pay for Covington is you taking on Gorgie Jang, would you do it? And normally in those situations I would say no, but in that situation I would. I would do that because I think Gorgie Jang could step in and play like a big man type of role. He's been starting for them over the past couple of weeks. Now I get you know Minnesota's not racking in wins right now, but well, Towns is out. So. Yeah, Towns is out and all that stuff. But if you know, there was some type of package that you that if it was centered around getting Covington, but you had to take on Jang's contract, which goes into next year, fits into that two year window, doesn't affect yeah. 2021 cap space. Uh, I would actually be on board with that. I would do that. Yeah, and bringing in a Robert Covington would be huge. We'll talk about him in a minute, and so we'll talk about that whole deal. When we bring him up. Uh, three more. New Orleans, Derek Favors, $17.6 million for one year. He's playing really well. The Pelicans are playing well. But if everything just goes to crap, like let's say Zion gets injured again, Drew Holiday's out for longer, it just looks like yeah. it's going to be you know, a crapshoot this season for them. That could be a possibility for them. He would be, I, I like him. He yeah. would be awesome for this team. Uh, <laughs> your boy, Dwayne Dedman, Sacramento Kings, $13.3 million over the next three years. But the third year is non-guaranteed. So, again, two-year window. So that, yeah. He'd basically come for free to right now because he's coming. He's uh he's wanting out at this point, and th- the Kings are having buyer's remorse on all their <laughs> all their guys they signed this summer. So Dwayne Dedman could be a potential. He he can shoot the three too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I'm indifferent about that. I feel like he's kind of redundant of Maxi, and then if he you do get him, I don't know if he's a guaranteed start over Maxi or Dwight, and then I, I don't know. But I, wouldn't you rather just shore up that four four big rotation? Rather than just do nothing? I don't know. It depends. <laughs> That's like uh, in the office. That's like in the office when they go on the sales call and Stanley, they're like, Stanley, pick a partner. And he goes, pass. And they're like, no, you have to pick a partner. And he goes, I'll take the kid. And then they go to they go to Ryan and he's like, I'm so flattered. I was his second choice after pass. <laughs> it's like you with Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> he was your second choice after pass. <laughs> All right. This segment's gone real long, but we'll go into the next one. We'll got, I have some extra wings, and then I have some less expensive big men. Ooh, yeah, we're getting we're getting a long pod today. I'm excited. We could bring out it's trades. That's what we're all about. Also, we spent like the first seven minutes talking about uh, emotional well deep things. So, all right, coming up, let's get into some of these wings that the Mavs could potentially trade for, and then some uh, less expensive bigs. All right, Isaac, let's get into it. A couple more wings from me. Uh, this is one you've mentioned a couple times already. Evan Turner, he makes $18.6 million just one year. He's an expiring. I don't think he would cost a lot to get. Playmaking kind of wing. Um, not going to bring you shooting. <laughs> not going to bring you you know a ton of defense. Some defense, not a ton. But uh, he's the potential if you, you want to shore up your wing. Maybe a little bit more of a veteran guy that's been some places. 
Yeah, I would be interested in him for the right price. And I think he would add a little bit of playmaking when it comes to, you know, if Luca KP's off the floor and to buy you some time in those, you know, handful of minutes to where you're like, all right, well, if Jays is not in there and Brunson's kind of in there and stuff, you can give the ball to Evan Turner and say, hey, let's, you know, let's run a few things through you, run the show a little bit, buy some time for the other guys and, you know, for the right price at least. Yeah. Uh, another one. This this one might shock you. <laughs> Oh, no. Detroit Pistons, Markeith Morris, $3.2 million, two-year deal, second year as a player option. I haven't watched him enough this year to know if he's, like, cooked or if he's, like, still decent. Stretch four. He can he can definitely shoot the three still. He's shooting well this year. Um, but, yeah, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a guy I'd be more interested in than Marcus. Marcus seems like the the gunner kind of guy, and Markeith's always been the stretch four type dude. Marcus, Marcus is better, though, so... Yeah, but he knows he's better. <laughs> That's the- I know, but I feel I still feel like on a on a good team though, like like when he was on Boston. Ha- if you have him defend and shoot threes, like I'm down for it. Yeah, I just don't know if that's what he wants to do. Speaking of defend and shoot threes, the Knicks, Reggie Bullock is back, our guy. We were pining for him all summer. Yeah. Four million dollars, two year deal, second year is non guaranteed, like all these Knicks deals. Um, Reggie Bullock, if the Knicks are interested in in sending him out, I would be all over that only four million though oh, yeah. it's hard to make a deal with that maybe just justin jackson in the the second the Sorry, golden state second yeah, or yeah sign me up for bullock for sure we'd be into that um oh the chief bring him back alpha rucamino 9.2 million dollars third mm-hmm. uh three years but the third year's a player option there is a catch though <laughs> with the magic he's hurt him. he's hurt he has a torn meniscus he's out for another <laughs> month and a half so he wouldn't really yeah, change no. things now but that's a piece that you would want that's another you know, Dorian Finney-Smith type that you could bring in. Obviously, Mavs fans know Alfred Camino, but that's a, a type yeah. that you could maybe buy low now since he's hurt and since he, you know, the Magic are dealing with some issues uh, and they're thinking about even blowing it up. I've, you know, there have been rumors of so that could be a buy low candidate. I like Aminu. Uh I would want somebody to play right now, though. Yeah, for sure. And then a big man that I just threw in here that's less expensive, Aaron Baines. I actually have this wrote down to ask you, would you do Justin Jackson and the Golden State second rounder for Baines right Absolutely. Now? That's the exact type of guy that I want to bring in. Guy that's just going to be a, a big body. He'll play his role. He'll come in. He can shoot the three. He was shooting 47% for the first like two months of the season. Uh, that's the guy that you want to bring in because he's going to come in, play his role. The Celtics are just absolutely missing him so much right now. Uh, yeah. Aiton just got benched for him, and so maybe this is an ownership thing. Maybe not from the coaches, but up from ownership. Like, hey, we have this number one pick that we're not playing because Aaron Baines is playing. Can we get this guy out of town? You know, that's where that could come into play. But yeah, five point four million, uh, just one year. You know, I would I would throw a bunch of stuff at Aaron Baines because that's that's the guy you bring in for a playoff series and you can throw him yeah. in, in in any situation. And really, everything you want at that five spot, or everything Dallas wants at that five yeah. spot next to Porzingis, he would bring that. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's the first one we're both a hundred percent in. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a, I think a lot of teams will come calling for Baines too. Come deadline, um, Tony Snell from Detroit, eleven point three million, two years, second years a player option. It's, it's, it's expensive for a guy that's you know, again another one of these you know end of the bench players, but that's a wing mm, potential yeah. defender. Um, Trevor Ariza, Sacramento Kings, twelve point no. one million, two years, second years non guaranteed though. No, that's a championship. A guy that's been to a championship. Come in. He's this is like your great value brand, Andre Iguodala. 
Yeah, sure. Dollar store brand. <laughs> uh, Rudy Gay, $14.5 million, two-year deal. Spurs. Shooter. Yeah, not bad. He'll be help you off the bench some and you know score and punch off the bench a little bit. That would help. Bit. I don't know if the Spurs are shopping him at all. They're trying to make the playoffs still, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Andre Godala obviously gets brought up all the time. Seventeen point yeah. one million dollar for one year. Sign me up. That deal you would have to throw the goal. Well, right now the deal is not happening because no one's throwing in a first, it feels like, right? I think that was reported. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes down to it. Like Courtney Lee in two seconds was that? Would that get you Andre Iguodala? And would you know? Would you do it if you're if you're Dallas or somebody like that? Yeah, I feel like if Dallas did do that, there would be a lot of us like us that would be like, heck yeah, sign me up. This would be great. Yeah, and there would be a lot of portion of the fan base would be like, oh my gosh, why did we give up the thirty first pick for Andre Iguodala? Look what and all this <laughs> stuff and. Anyway. Yeah, and we don't think he's you know going to come in and be an all defense superstar, right? Like he he might be cooked. Like he might this might be the end of his career. He might be sitting out this long for a reason because he wants to just save up as much as he can for a potential playoff run and to have all that he had he has left in the tank still. But he would bring he would check a lot of the boxes that that Isaac and I have been talking about with this team. He would be the guy that, like, four years from now, when Luca is in the finals, and Luca set back saying, "You know who helped me out a ton was that second half of the season when we traded for Andre Andre Iguodala in my second year. He taught me what playoff basketball is like. Yeah, what you know, all this different stuff. Like, that's the type of stuff that that yeah, off the court and on the court with Iguodala. Yeah, it helps that he speaks Slovenian. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't. That'd be crazy if he did. That'd be well, that'd be such a fact. That'd be wild. Okay. Um. I want to talk about Robert Covington, but do you have any other names that I haven't mentioned yet? Uh, it depends on what Golden State's going to do. Kevon Looney, I'd be interested. Yeah. He's on he's on a cheaper deal, you know, a couple years for a little, little over four a year. Um, I think if he's healthy, I'd be down for, you know, getting him from Golden State if that's an option. Yeah, it seems like a longer-term piece for them, though. I'm not sure they'd be interested in getting rid of him. Yeah, well, it's just weird that, you know, like, hey, longer-term piece, but he literally makes, like, $4 million a year. But um, Well, that, we were we were shocked. We thought he was going to get, like, shocked. 10 this summer. And Yes, shocked. Um, we joked about this before, we, you know, we hit record, but I'm curious to see what Brooklyn does with Joe Harris heading into the deadline because I think he's going to get paid this offseason, unrestricted free agent, expiring deal. If they really go out and shop him, I think other teams will definitely be making their offers and stuff, but – uh, for the right price, I would uh, he would fit great in Dallas. That shooting alongside Luca and them. The problem is when Durant comes back, that's going to be a championship caliber team, and that's the exact player they want is a Joe Harris. But if they can't, true. But if, if they can't pay yeah. for him, then that's when exactly. Um, okay, some you talked about Detroit. People throw has tweeted out this tweeted at us this name some, and I'm not gonna lie, Derrick Rose wouldn't be the worst fit in the world. I'm just gonna leave that there. Coming off the bench as a scoring punch to help ease the playmaking stuff, scoring when Luca, KP, one of those guys are not on the floor. He he wouldn't be the worst option. Okay, so I just wanted to leave that there. Um, I guess the only thing, a lot of these names you already hit, but anything with Chicago, you didn't talk about Chicago. When it comes to Felicio, uh, Brazilian, shout out to my Brazilians, uh, Thad, Thad Young, Chris Dunn, any of those type of combinations. Dad Young's that, on a three-year deal, isn't he? That's why I didn't bring him in. Though. Well, the third year's non-guaranteed. So, the you know, he's kind of... Yeah, a lot of those type of deals. So, you know, is 
the Courtney Lee Jackson Golden State second rounder for Thad Young and Chris Dunn, who's on an expiring contract. Dunn is, you know, would you do that? You know, would you would you do a Felicio type of thing? Another big body center. He's under contract for next year, but it's in the two. You know, would Chicago attach something to Felicio for Courtney Lee? You know, to get off his money for next year, would they attach like? Could you get another second round pick? Yeah, or, you're not playing Felicio yeah. though. No, you're, but he's not playing. Kind of, mm. He's not playing on Chicago. He's another big body. Does Chicago care about anything, but Zach Levine's that, mid-range it. jumpers. Uh, that's the only thing. Yeah, I had the Baines thing to throw at you at the end, but you already threw it out there. And a lot of this, could you get Doug McDermott? I know we love Doug. He's playing a lot for this Pacers team. Okay, everybody loves shooters, and I just wish Doug was still on this. This team. Pacers team is going to be fascinating. They just moved to fifth in the East, and they're getting. Victor Oladipo back January 29th is his target date. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun, fun team. team. They've, they've become, all of a sudden, that foursome, Oladipo, Brogdon, you know, uh, Sabonis, and Miles Turner, like that is a, that's a foursome right there. Yeah, sure, that's yeah. fun. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Gorgie Jang and Robert Covington. Robert Covington, $11.3 million, three-year deal. All, all guaranteed, but he's a type of player that's that's a core championship piece right there that you could bring in. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was the report from Tim McMahon, a scout, told him that Dorian Finney-Smith is better than him right now. I would disagree with that scout, but uh, Dorian is shooting really well, and he does a lot of things, and he's a good player. Robert Covington, I feel like, is an elite defender on a different level. Uh, that's just my personal take. But would you? there's no way you could do Lee, Brunson, and then... Golden State Warriors second and Dallas future second to get that done, right? That doesn't feel like enough. Uh, are you counting Covington and Jang? Nope, just, just, just for Covington. Covington. Let's just see if they want to do just that. No, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's the point. You know, I don't think that's the thing. Or They could get more for Covington at that point because one – in theoretically you would be like all right well you're getting off the last 2 years of Covington's deal because you know you're getting the expiring Courtney Lee Minnesota you're not a, an attractive free agent destination so it's not like you you know anyway um the second round pick is the most valuable thing and that I mean I yeah I just think other teams would outbid that that's my opinion I agree opinion. I, I agree. think, just, I think the closer you could get to yeah, I think the closer you could get to, or the closest you could get to landing Covington would be the price of you know of paying for Gorgie Jang, and at that point, Covington and Jang together make twenty seven million, and so if you if you threw Dwight Powell in the deal, and it's Dwight Powell, Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, and the Golden State second rounder for Gorgie Jang, Robert Covington. That's a framework I can see both sides at least considering or thinking about. What? Yeah, that that doesn't fix your. (laughs) That doesn't really fix your big man rotation problem. That doesn't fix your big man rotation problem. But that then you can play a five man unit at the end of games that would just destroy like Dorian and Covington to guard any single wing or guard out there. They can switch on literally anything. Porzingis is the five, Luca, and then whoever's hot, whoever's shooting well from three. Could be Curry, could be DeLon, could be, you know, you bring, bring DeLon in for defense and all of a sudden you have a rim protector and a guy that can guard, you know, guards credibly and two guys that can guard anybody. I mean, that is, that's a lineup right there. And so, yeah, you're giving yeah. up Powell and that that's your role guy and that does a lot for your offense, but you're shoring up your defense when you're bringing in 
Covington in an elite way. That's the thing. Of like straight up, I would much rather have Dwight Powell than Gorgie Chang. But if you're looking at it from a Dallas perspective, saying would you swap out Dwight Powell for Gorgie Chang and the price is Robert Covington? That's where what you're talking about because being able to potentially throw out there at the end of games, Luca Hardaway, Dorian Covington, KP. Yeah. You know, that's a type of playoff lineup that you're like, you got the defense, you got the shooting, you got the stars that when healthy, you know, you feel like you can match up with a lot of these teams. And then you still got the big body in Gorgie Jang that you could, you know, throw out there against some of these bigger guys. You can still, if you don't want to start one of those guys like a Dorian or Tim Hardaway, uh, you can still go big and start Maxi with KP. Um, yeah. You can start Gorgie with KP at that point. So that's a, that's the type of decisions that Dallas is probably trying to figure out over. And, you know, we went this whole pod without even talking about their trade exception right now. And, you know, I think purposely because trade exceptions are kind of harder to use because, you know, you're basically just absorbing a contract into that. And, you know, there's a reason why a team that has a contract that can fit in, you know, is getting rid of a player. So it's just you don't see them used. Yeah. I think they're over. They're a little bit overhyped sometimes. Well, you use that if you're going to get a pick back for something, right? Like if you're bringing in, yeah. if you're you're the team that has a bunch of cap space, or you have the trade exception, you're just going to bring a guy back and get paid to do it. You're a mercenary essentially, right? Like you're you're the the bank or whatever. The Mavericks are not in that position right now. Kind of like if you know, in a theoretical world, if Memphis was kind of capped out a little bit last year or this past summer when Golden State called and said, "Hey, can you know we need to offload Andrea Iguodala?" And let's say they were setting on an eighteen million dollar you know trade exception, but they're capped out with the rest of the roster. They're like, "Oh yeah, we can take Iguodala into our trade exception, but give us the first round pick," and you know that would happen at that point. So, you know. It's nice to have it for flexibility. You never know what can happen. You never know what big trade can go down, and, you know, across the league somewhere. And you got a, a situation like Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell this past offseason, to where they have to unload money and it, you know to make this big deal if they were going to get Russell, and they come calling saying, "Hey, we we have to unload." blank contract we will give you a first round pick if you absorb that into your trade exception. That's the type of flexibility it gives you. Yeah, there you go. That's. A lot of names. Let us know what you think. Tweet us at Lockdown Mavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.